Do you dream of having time and money freedom? Are you looking for ways to enjoy business and life harmony or just to improve your business and yourself? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with your host, Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn from experts in business, leadership, personal development, and mindset to help you create your ideal business lifestyle, whatever that means for you. And now, here's your host, Shirley Dalton. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. I'm on a mission to help you reclaim your freedom and create your ideal business lifestyle. As the number one authority on proven profitable processes, I help you get your business under control, grow yourself and your team so that your business works for you and your team, giving you more money, more time and less stress. If you'd like to know more, I invite you to visit ShirleyDalton.com. In my role as radio and TV show host, I bring you additional experts to help you improve your business and your life. And today we're talking with business consultant and spiritual advisor, Sharifa Hardy, about spiritual entrepreneurs and their financial hang-ups. Welcome, Sharifa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Sharifa, you're also known as Ask Sharifa, and in addition to consulting and advising, you're also a motivational speaker, radio host, and tarot card teacher. You've been working with clients in the areas of business and spirituality for over 20 years, and you're a third-generation intuitive reader. You have a reputation for being understanding and easy to talk to, and because of your varied life experiences, you provide practical, non-judgmental help on just about any subject, aka Ask Sharifa. Your work with business <laughs> your work with business owners and entrepreneurs on top sorry, you work with business owners and entrepreneurs on topics including marketing, public relations and media, as well as providing intuitive readings and teaching the tarot. In short, you're able to advise your clients on business, career, love, finances, family, spirituality, and many other topics. So, Sharifa, to start with, let's explain to the audience, what is a third-generation intuitive reader? Well, I say third-generation because my grandmother was a reader. My grandmother didn't use cards. She started with playing cards. And then over time, she evolved to where she didn't use any type of tool or modality at all. She would just sit and read people. And so my grandmother taught my mother how to read, which is my, my grandmother was my father's mother. So, um, so when my dad got married, my grandmother taught my mother how to read or they, and they would go to different um, holistic events and different things like that. And so my, my, my mother taught me how to read. So I started with reading the cards and that sort of thing. Okay, and so when, when you say reading the cards for you, was that the tarot cards or the playing cards? Yes, tarot, um, tarot cards. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Our accents, we call them tarot and you call them tarot. Uh, it's, uh, I, f I find that yes. when, I, when I interview a lot of American guests, you know, just sometimes our, our way of pronouncing things, it's like, oh, I don't understand what you're talking about. And then they'll say it and I go, oh, that's it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My yeah. brother lives in Australia. So, uh, yeah, in Sydney. So, I mean, we have the discussion on uh, dialects and how they say things there, how they say, how we say things here. It's really interesting. Yes, yes. Well, what, we just traveled in America for about seven months. And it was interesting as we traveled across the, the country from east to west, just all of the different dialects and different words that were said in each of the different states. It was just amazing. 
So, mm. Okay, so um, you've worked with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs and our topic for today is spiritual entrepreneurs and their financial hang-ups. So tell us what hang-ups do you find are the most common for spiritual entrepreneurs in particular and then entrepreneurs in general? Well, what I, what I define as a spiritual entrepreneur is this. Entrepreneurs typically will tell you, I'm in business to make money. That's what their goal is. That's what their focus is. Spiritual entrepreneurs are people who have a spiritual or holistic business. And so they're in business, but it's very difficult for them to even say out loud to themselves or anyone else, I am in business to make money. Because they feel as if being in business to make money is focusing on the money. And certain people tend to believe that money is the root of all evil. And it's not. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. So I know there are a lot of spiritual people who only take donations or they don't, they're not in business per se, but they provide different services. That's not the people I work with. That's not my target audience. The people that I work with are people who are in business. They, their goal for being in business is to make money. So I work with them and I talk to them and look at some of the things that keep them from actually having a profitable, profitable business. And sometimes I'll, I'll give you, um, a, for instance, sometimes it's difficult for spiritual entrepreneurs to accept payment. Like they feel as if, if somebody pays for my service, that, that's wrong. So it's hard for them to even ask for the sale or ask for the money, they're like, oh, I just want to save the world. I just want everyone to feel good. I want to save the children. And I'm like, okay, look, but it, it takes money to save children. It takes money to save the world. We can't save the world with no money. You know what I mean? That's, that's the kind of things that I bring to their attention. When I bring it to their attention, it's like this aha moment, moment like, oh, I am in business to make money. You know, it's wonderful to be spiritual, but what are you going to tell the landlord or the, the lien holder to, you know, whatever you have? Oh, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just being spiritual. Okay, well, you will be spiritual, a spiritual nomad unless you change your business practices. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can relate to a lot of that. It took me a long time to accept that, you know, the, the gifts that we have and the work that we do, particularly in business, is, is of value and that it is okay to be paid for it and it is okay to ask. And um, I used to do readings myself many, many years ago and a lot of people wouldn't know that about me. And I would oh, do... Wow. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I would do like numerology and tarot and stuff like that. So people would come f for an hour and four hours later, they'd be, you know, running for the door because I just couldn't stop and I charged $20. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, right. ridiculous. So both on a time frame and also on a, and a, dollar, um, a dollar frame because, you know, we were just going backwards, uh, yeah, saving the world but not saving ourselves. So I totally get that. So what other questions do you find that come up in your consulting with entrepreneurs? As far as the spiritual aspect, consulting with spiritual entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs in, in, in general? Yeah, just entrepreneurs in general because our show today is for entrepreneurs, business owners, leaders and managers. Um, so I'm sure that there'll be a lot of people that will be very interested to hear, you know, what 
what comes up commonly for you because that will be then helping them to understand, yeah, they're not alone, that, you know, it's common to have these same issues. Right, absolutely. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lump all the entrepreneurs and all the spiritual entrepreneurs in one big bag. Mm-hmm. all together so they all entrepreneurs whether they spiritual or not because at the end of the day no matter what we believe if we're trying to do the right thing and we're trying to create a business that's going to create jobs and be able to feed our families that's spiritual in itself no matter if we if our business is a holistic business or not mm-hmm. so but one of the main questions that I get from entrepreneurs in general is what is the business or the product that is guaranteed to be successful? That's the number one question I get across the board. What is going to work? Sharifa, what has worked? You've helped this company, that company, that company. What is guaranteed to work? And I always give the same answer. It's not about the product. It's not about the service. You have to do whatever it is that you like to do day in and day out. So if that's your passion, follow your passion. Your passion is always going to take you to your paycheck. And that paycheck is not necessarily for a day job. It can be working for yourself or being an entrepreneur. But what you're, what you're doing, what your passion is, is what's going to bring in those checks. So I always tell people, do what you love and the money will follow. So you can get a, a product and, and everybody can tell you this product is flying off the shelves. It's going like hotcakes. Everybody needs this product. You should sell this product. You get that product and that product is like nobody wants it. You try that. You can't even give this product away. And you're <laughs> like, okay, what's wrong with this product? And it's not the product. It's, it's the passion for the product. It, you know, I always tell people, and I don't know this, if y'all had these in Australia, but here in America, we had what was called the pet rock. Did y'all have the pet rock in Australia years ago, like 20 years ago? Yeah, I know of them. I'm not, I don't know anyone that had one, but I do know that they were a big craze. <laughs> they were. They were a big craze, at least here in America. It was the pet rock. You had to have a pet rock. If you didn't have a pet rock, you know, you weren't in on the latest thing. But at the end of the day, the pet rock did absolutely nothing. It didn't move. It didn't cry. It didn't wet itself. It didn't talk back. It didn't giggle. It didn't run. It it was literally a rock. It sat there motionless. But we went out and we bought this pet rock because everybody said we had to have the pet rock. So everything comes down to marketing. Everything comes down to the message. It's not the product. I always say a good salesman can sell a car with three wheels. This is not the product. It's not, and I'm not saying, look, that's my disclaimer. I'm not saying that you should go out and sell a car with three wheels. That's not the point. That's not the moral to the story. What I'm saying is that you can sell anything if that's really what you want to do, if that's your desire. And if you follow your passion. That's what's going to bring you to your success. God gave each and every person a talent, a gift, some people more than others. But our gift is here for one reason, one reason only, and that's to sustain ourselves. So I always tell people, what is it that you love to do? What is it that is working for you? What would you do if, you know, if you had all the money in the world and you didn't have to worry about an income? What would you do? And then use that to go out and do all the things that you want to do, whether that's saving the world, whether that's creating new jobs, whatever it is, if you focus on your heart's desire and your passion, you will be able to generate the revenue that you need to sustain a successful business. 
And, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. Um, how do you handle then the people who want to believe that and yet on some level they have a limiting belief that, you know, may, maybe not? You know, I want to believe it, I so want to believe it, but I don't believe it. Okay, let me just say this to you, okay? In answering that, that question, please understand the, the person that you're asking that question of. I'm not, I'm the general when it comes to marketing. I'm not the, you know, soft sale, like, oh, believe, let's click our heels together three times and the world will change. That's not me. I'm more like, you have to do the work. If you do the work, success is inevitable. Anybody can be successful if they do the work. And, and it's not just simply about believing it. Watch anybody and you watch their actions. That'll tell you what they're manifesting in their life. When we, when we want to eat dinner, right, for the most part, we, we say, okay, if I want to have such and such, if I want to have salmon for dinner and, I, and I'm at work and I want to cook that salmon for dinner, most likely I have made some type of preparations before I went to work to make sure I have salmon for dinner. I've done my grocery shopping. I've set, you know, I've placed the salmon in the refrigerator for me to cook when I get home. I've already taken the steps. So when I get home, I can cook my salmon and eat my dinner. Business is the same thing. If you want to operate a successful business, you have to watch what other successful people are doing. It's not just about believing that if I do what I love, what are you doing to back your beliefs? Because success is a process. I, one of the, the first companies that I worked for was Transworld Airlines, TWA. My mm -hmm. first job out of high school, I was 18 years old. And I could look around and I would, I would see so many different things. And, they, and I would say, for instance, oh, we had to send out airline reservations. And I they would say, Sharifa, fax this reservation. And I was 18. I just graduated from downtown business magnet high school. You know, I'm like, why don't you email the, email the people the reservation? And they told me, they said, no, we've always done it this way. We will always do it this way. We fax, we do not email. That business went out of, that company went out of business. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about believing and hoping and, and, and thinking and wishing to be a success. What have you done today for your business to make your business a success? What are the steps that you have taken to make your business a success? People often talk about the law of attraction. One of my favorite laws is the law of averages. Sales teaches you that. Sales teaches you the law of averages. If you talk to 100 people in a day, the likelihood that you're going to get a yes is going to increase. If you just want to sit and wish and hope that your business is going to be successful, guess how many people you talk to in a day? Two. You talk to five. Because you you saying you want your business to be successful. You went to all the little mentoring you know, networks. You, you wished upon a star, but you talked to two people today or two people this week about your business. You would be surprised. People ask me about social media, social media. Sharifa, how do I get a large social media following? How do I get them to take that action for my business? And I'm always surprised at how, at how many business owners never talk about their business on Facebook. They never mention their product or, or Twitter or any social media, Instagram. You, you know they have a business, and they tell you, oh, I want my business to be successful. But when you look through their social media feed, they don't even talk about their business. 
Mm, okay well i'm just going to pose that question to our audience now and we're just going to take a quick break audience think about that i mean uh, sharifa calls herself the general and you can feel that energy you know that so what action are you taking and what are you posting on social media stay with us and we will be right back do you want to get the media to notice you your brand or your business just todd says it's easier than you think He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal Business Lifestyle. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm Shirley Dalton and today we're talking with Sharifa Hardy, better known as Ask Sharifa. Now, if you've been listening to us, you will know that Sharifa is one passionate lady and she calls herself the general when it comes to helping business owners to be successful in business. And one of the things that Sharifa was saying is that we need to be taking action. It's not about what we believe or don't believe. And uh, you gave a great example there with just cooking a meal. You actually do have to take some action as it go and do the grocery shopping and then have the food and then cook it so in order to eat it and it's the same with our business so when we went for our break I asked you listeners to think about your business and what action you are taking so Sharifa what action can you suggest for people that they may not be doing at the moment or they may not even have thought about because you're a a marketing consultant and a PR consultant so I'm guessing that you've got lots of tips and strategies there Yes, I do. I have a ton of tips and strategies. But I can't give a ball away. At some point, you gotta, you know, give me a call. Let me, let me see what I can do to give you personal, personalized advice for your business. But in general, this is the main thing that I would tell people to do: is be realistic with your business. The number one, um, actually, before I even get to the number one, but I don't take on. You know, and there's no ego. So I'm trying to say this in the most humble way possible, but I don't take on every client. Um, There's more of a process in which I work, talk to the client. I have a consultation with the client before deciding to move forward with the client. So the number one reason that I don't take on a client is because their goals aren't realistic. Like have realistic goals about what you want to do for your business. Too often, I have people who have a $200 budget come to me and they say, I want to raise a billion dollars tomorrow. 
And I'm like, wait, hold on. Like, that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? So I like to see what their thought process is. What is their thought process? Where are you at? What are the steps you've already taken? What have you done? Do you need me to take you from A to Z or are you at M? So have realistic goals about your business, what your plan is, what you want to achieve with your business. The likelihood of me working with that client is then increased because I know that they're realistic about it, what it takes to have a business. Um, too often, businesses fail because they don't have enough money in their war chest. So they decide to start a business, maybe quit their day job and just, you know, take a leap of faith and start their business. What I always recommend that people do is try to save up some money, have some money in reserves. Don't just, you know, it's wonderful. I'm the take a leap of faith queen, okay? <laughs> But it's better to have something in reserve, have a little bit where, you know, that a wiggle room so that every decision that you make is not mission critical. I always tell business owners, if you have a business and you're putting out fires every day, your business is not operating correctly. A business should have an occasional fire. It shouldn't have a fire a day. If it has a fire a day, something is not operating correctly. So what you want to do is take a look at the business, take a look at the process that you have in place for, for that fire, and then correct the process, correct the procedure so that your business comes along as it should. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So then um, how can people get in touch with you? And then how do you work with them? You know, how do you use your intuition and all of your skills and experience? Well, my intuition comes into play because intuition to me is a lot like a deja vu moment where I'm like, okay, I've seen this person before. I've seen this story before. I was laid off about seven, eight times working with different companies. It's part of what I, what I wrote about in my book, and here's your box from Laid Off to Love and Life, about how I kept getting laid off. And each time it was something else that I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to go out and be an entrepreneur, and I wanted to work a day job. I wanted to be an employee. So I just kept getting laid off. So that's my story and what I wrote the book on. How people can get in um, touch with me is on my website at asharifa.com or if they want to give me a call, I'm in the U.S., in America, it's 562-822-0965. Again, that number is 562-822-0965. Okay. And then, and then what do you do with people? Do you, are you you reading intuitively, you're going through their business plans, their marketing? Well, what I do is I do a consultation with them. And I really just determine which role is going to go to, you know, work the best. I like people, sidebar, I love the sidebar, by the way. You'll find that. We'll be old friends shortly. But people, <laughs> because the way we were brought up, right, we tend to believe, at least the older generations and not the millennials, tend to believe that if you don't work, you know, 80 hours a week, or if you don't work hard, if you don't sweat, if you, you know, you're not actually working. What the millennials have gotten correct is that it doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't have to be that difficult. They never experienced AOL and dial-up and those kind of things. They just went straight to DSL. So they get the fact that it can happen instantly and immediately. So when I work with someone, I just sit with them and try to and try to ascertain which way is going to get them to the path that they need in the most efficient manner possible. 
because my initial consultation is only an hour. I don't have an hour to go through, you know, their entire business plan, their entire life. I just consult with them and say, based on what I see right here, right, right here, right here, right here, right here, these are the steps that I would um, recommend that you make. Some of that information comes from over 25 years of consultation. Some of that um, of consulting, some of that information comes from being divorced and twice and, you know, raising two children. I, sometimes I just look at somebody and say, your business is failing because your girlfriend is meddling. Okay, let's get the girlfriend out. Business will succeed. So that's why I said I'm the general. I look at everything in a person's life and in a situation and then sometimes we can make improvements. Sometimes the girlfriend, she got to stay in the business. She's not happy being at home. So mm -hmm. I just work with them in the best manner, manner possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how did you, you talked about your book from laid off to loving life. Um, mm -hmm. so, so tell us then at what point did you sort of surrender and say, okay, well, I'm not meant to be an employee. I'm, I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. I keep surrendering and then I would co go and get a job. I would <laughs> surrender and then I would go and get a job. And this was the dance that I did over and over and over and over. Now I'm self-employed. Now I have my own company, but it took a lot of really getting laid off, getting pushed out the door to where I had absolutely no choice. And people always ask, you know, why did you do the things that you do, you've done? And I always say, because my kids always said, mom, we're hungry. So one way or another, no matter what I did or who I worked for, I still had to figure out a way, a legal way to feed my family. And so that's what I've always done. Mm -hmm. And then, so at what point did you realize that your gifts, your intuitive gifts could actually be useful for you in your business? What I think changed, and this was recent, this was probably November of 2017, is I realized that what I was doing had something to do with my intuition. I actually put a name on it. Um, before, I was just doing it. I was just finding areas. I was just making improvements, making a situation, working with businesses. But I didn't know. I didn't know. Let's just say it like that. I didn't know I was doing it intuitively. I had already step. I had always separated the two. I had always done readings for friends and family members, but I had never done it for the public. I had never done it or, or incorporated the two into a business. It's just something I did to help the people that I love. They would come to me, they would call me, and they would ask Sharifa. Even now, the majority of my um, new clients are referrals. I don't do a lot of advertising, a lot of marketing, that sort of thing. I get referrals where they say, Sharifa, I don't know what you do. I don't know who you are, but Shirley said to talk to you and you will help my business. And then from there, I get, you know, I just start, start going, <laughs> you know, I just start working and moving. <laughs> okay. So give us an example then of, of a business that you've helped, you know, keeping confidential, of course, but give us an example of somebody who's been referred to you, came in open-minded and said, I've, I've got this problem and, um, and what would you do? The, you want an example of the type of business or the type of problem? Um, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. I'll make it easy for you, Shirley. Thank you. One person was referred. <laughs> you're welcome. One person was referred to me actually, and they called. They they 
called me and they said such and such referred me to you. They said, you know, literally, like, I don't know what you do. And I said, okay. And I didn't know, I knew who the person was that referred them, but I didn't know why they wanted me to talk to this person. They didn't tell, they didn't say consult with them about their business. They said, this person has some blockages, fix them, basically get rid of the blockages. And then working with them and, and figuring it out intuitively, meaning I was, inquisitive and asking a lot of questions to find out what the actual problem was. So after speaking with the hour, what I realized is the person who had referred them wanted them to join their business. They wanted them to be a part of the business. And they had kept, they kept telling this other person, yes, I'm going to do this business. I'm going to do this business. And they did this for two years. And every time they would talk to each other, they were very excited. They were, let's do it. Like, this is wonderful. This is the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> Sign me up. But they would never complete the sign-up process. So they, they said, Sharifa, what is going on here with this person? So in working, them, working with them, what I figured out was this person really didn't want to do this business. They wanted to be a part of this world and a part of the networking and a part of being with this person but not the business. So they basically would go and fake it like, oh yeah, I love this, it's wonderful, but they never make that leap to actually doing the business. So I just said, hey, basically this is not what you want to do. These are the aspects that you like. Maybe you can get these aspects in a different form if you don't like this business. Maybe there's a different business for you. So when I went back to the other person, I said, I don't know if I helped or hurt, okay? Because <laughs> I don't know if they're going to do the business or they're not. And what found, wound up happen, happening is they decided to do the business. But one of the things that I found out, and again, this is through listening, just simply, um, you know, I hope your, your listeners can relate to this because I, I know some of y'all are going to be like, oh, she is crazy. But let me tell you what, what happened and why she wanted to do the business. She didn't want to do the business because she would have to have people in her home to, to introduce people to the, to the business. Mm -hmm. And her husband didn't like people in, in the house. And so out of respect for her husband and out of, you know, you know, you, you don't want to inconvenience anyone else. She never moved forward with the business. So what I did, I said, okay, you know, my, my thing is, I don't know if it's a good expression to use or not, but it's always more than one way to skin a cat. There's a, always a different way to do something. I said, you don't have to do this in your home. Let's look at this option, this option, this option, and maybe those options will work for you. And those options never occurred to her. She just thought in her mind that the only way to do this is to have people over in my house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And isn't that interesting how we can get stuck on something that this yes. is, we just don't even think that there are other options. And so listening to you, then what you're able to do, asking your questions and using your intuition was to find out what that blockage was because she said she wanted to do it and she did want to do it. And yet when you got down to the nitty gritty, you found out the reason why. And then once you found that out, then it was pretty easy to come up with some different options to make it work. Absolutely. But sometimes, see, one of the things that, that I talk to business owners about is, is nothing I do is magical. Nothing I do is mysterious or mystical. What I can be for a lot of business owners is that second voice 
that second opinion or that person who believes in what they're doing. Too often as entrepreneurs, there's not enough people around us who believe in what we're doing. There's also not a lot of people around us who've done what we're, we're attempting to do. So we don't, they don't have the reference point to help us. But mm -hmm. see, as a business owner, I work for cheap tickets. I work for American Express. I work for Punch TV Studios. I work for some of the largest companies in the world. So I can look at a situation and go, okay, well, maybe if you just do this this way, it will work as opposed to, oh, you're never going to be a multi-million dollar company. You'll never be a multi-billion dollar company because even the multi-billion dollar companies, they started as a dream. They started as an idea. I can tell you how many companies that I've worked for. One of the companies I work for, Affinity Internet Hosting, we started that company in a garage and then we moved to a high rise building in El Segundo, California, right down the street from LAX. So I've seen the trend transition. I've worked with Punch TV Studios, a studio that had absolutely nothing, had no money, and, and raised millions of dollars. So I'm that voice that says, okay, not only do I believe in your business, let's work together to make your business a success. Okay. Well, let's let our audience ponder on that because that's just an amazing gift and just something that you know is really really needed out there is that uh advising role that sounding board that cheerleader so we're going to take a break stay with us and we'll be right back Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea business lifestyle do you want to get the media to notice you your brand or your business just Todd says it's easier than you think he should know he set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours 112 different radio stations he can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers in fact he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And we're back. And um, boy, oh boy, are we having an interesting conversation today with Sharifa Hardy, better known as Ask Sharifa. Sharifa brings her intuition, her spiritual knowledge, and also her business knowledge and know-how and helps business owners to be able to remove blockages, to understand what's going on for themselves and to grow and uh, generally enjoy their business. And so, Sharifa, you've done quite a lot of things you were mentioning just before we went on the break, you know, the, the different companies and that that you've worked in. And uh, it took you a little while to accept the fact that you were meant to be an entrepreneur in this world. And something else that you've done is you've started your own radio show. So tell us how, how that came about. 
I, I do two radio shows a day. I do Ask Sharifa, hashtag AMA, which is Ask Me Anything. So Ask Sharifa AMA at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time every morning or weekday morning. Now, Ask Sharifa AMA is an interview style. I have my guests and I talk and we talk and I find out about their business and their services. The night, I do a 9 p.m. show weeknight at, at, um, at 9, and that's the breakdown radio show where my host, Marvin Williams, and I, we talk about whatever the trending topics are. But these are my fourth and my fifth radio shows. I started my first radio show, which was Ashery for Radio in 2009, and I built my first website in 1994. Okay, wow. yes, 1994. And... When I built my first website, everyone wanted me to build their website. When I built my, when I started marketing my website, everybody wanted me to market their website. And so there were so many questions that I said, you know what, this is how we're going to solve this. I'm going to give y'all an hour a day, right? And y'all can call in and ask Sharif for whatever y'all want. <laughs> and I, I started the radio show. And I also did that because I went to the Los Angeles Convention Center one time and I said, I tried to talk to people about my wonderful marketing, my wonderful website design services, and the people laughed at me. They said, Sharifa, you don't even, they said, lady, they didn't even know my name. They said, lady, you don't even have a booth. How are you going to be, um, you know, successful? You don't even have a booth. So my feelings was hurt, and I left, and I said, you know what? I have to figure out how to get everyone's attention. So I launched Ask Sharifa Radio, and the same people who laughed at me for trying to offer website and marketing they were lining up people as guests for my show. They were lining up people. And I'm like, wow, this is different. <laughs> Everyone was like, you got to meet her. You got to meet Asharifa. You got to meet her. You got to be on the show. And it was wonderful. And it opened so many doors for me. It was just amazing. But so I was able, and I was able to have some of the largest companies in the world as guests on my show. I mean, well, I had guests from Wells Fargo, Booth Mobile, um, Mall of America, uh, just Cox Media, so many different companies, but it's because during that time frame, a lot of their traditional marketing people only understood traditional marketing. They understood, you know, how to do it the traditional way, the tried and true way, but they didn't know what a tweet was. So they were like, okay, ask Sharifa, you know? So that's kind of how I started, you know, my radio show. Wow. Okay. And so, so at the, it sounds like at the beginning, it was really about helping people to market their business and to have their websites and using the social media. So it sounds like you were very up to date with the new um, technology and the new trends. Absolutely. Because I always say sometimes it's not as important. I mean, it is important, but sometimes it can be more important helping businesses save money as opposed to just, okay, I, I made this amount of money. We can make money, but let's save some money too. Because a lot of times when people get on the web, they think they need all these different things or they need to pay for all these different things because the World Wide Web was still new for a lot of people. So people were paying, you know, $800 for website hosting. And I'm like, dude, you get that for $4. You can get that free. You know, they're like, wow, Sharifa, you just saved me a lot of money. You know, people paying $5,000 for a website design. I'm like, okay, but if you do it this way, get your WordPress, buy you a template for $100, you know, you, you can get a website done in 15 minutes. 
So I'm able to help business owners look at the entire process, where they can cut costs. Because I always say, and it's not just because it's what I do, but the magic and the money is in marketing. You have to be able to conserve your money to be able to spend money on marketing and on advertising. Because even, let's use, um, for instance, Facebook advertising. I can post and post and post and post on Facebook all I want. But the way Facebook works is unless you pay to boost the post and extend the reach. And by the reach, I mean the amount of people that that ad is able to reach. The amount of people that are able to see your ad it doesn't matter how wonderful, how beautiful your post is, because no one is going to see it. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people to try to conserve here in these areas so you have a marketing budget. And I always ask people, what's your marketing budget? A lot of times people say, oh, I don't, I don't have a marketing budget. How can you not have a marketing budget? If you have a business plan, you should have mapped out and allocated certain things to a certain departments and certain people and certain goals. So what have you allocated towards marketing? That's your marketing budget. And so when people say, I don't have a marketing budget, and I tell them, you know, respectfully, I do marketing, I don't do magic, I need something <laughs> to work with. I love that I do. <laughs> I do marketing, I don't do magic. <laughs> and I also love that comment that you just made then, the magic and the money is in the marketing. And, and I think this is yes. something that uh, a lot of people do miss the point on. And I remember John Asaraf, a mentor of mine one time, he said to me, Shirley, if you do ad hoc marketing, you're going to get ad hoc results. And, uh, and boy, mm -hmm. oh boy, did that come home to be true. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. Yeah, and we, we recently just did a Facebook campaign. We've started a new service with our business where we help business owners to grow their business using video to market. And so mm -hmm. uh, we engaged a, an online digital marketing and business growth specialist to help us with the Facebook campaigns because that wasn't an area of my expertise. And uh, all I had to do was provide the the copy and the video and things and then they set it all up and it was just amazing to me and, and again that was one of their first questions is what's your marketing budget and I went what <laughs> I said you know how much money can we spend on the advertising and it was like oh gee I don't know and um yeah so I had to to then set a budget and then they were able to work within that and they tweaked it you know this ad's working better than that so we will stop that one and we'll put the money into this one and it was really quite a fascinating exercise to go through and and to see that people actually did respond to the advertising so people that uh, I didn't know um, you know, they weren't referrals uh, and yet they were popping up from these advertising. So, yeah, there's um, quite a lot in it, I think. No, I'm glad you had that experience because then you can relate exactly to what I'm saying about marketing. You know, it, it is very time in, intensive even to set up the campaigns and to test out the campaigns. And what happens, especially with marketing, is that people use marketing I call it to a certain extent the Pike Fish. I don't know if you heard the Pike Fish story in Seattle where they were going out of business and they just started tossing this fish. And because they were having so much fun, the energy of fun and the flying fish attracted people to the stand. And 
they raised a lot of money and they saved the business. And I think that's wonderful. I think that's beautiful for them. But my point in calling it that same theory is that people tend to wait until like they're almost, you know, they're in trouble. And then all of a sudden they want to do these marketing miracles. And I'm like, no, you, you have to plan the money, plan the campaign, marketing campaign. You know, a lot of people don't know campaign comes from like the art of war. When you do a campaign, like you're literally going to war. So you can't just, you know, throw it out there and do it. No, you have to plan a strategy. You have to look at, okay, this is what we're going to market today. This is what we're going to market tomorrow. This is what we're doing next week. See, that's what the big boys doing. Like as small companies right now, we're thinking about advertising for Easter. Okay. But the large guys, the big boys, they did their, they set up their Easter campaign last year, you know, a long time ago, but now, or over the last couple of months, they've just been rolling out these, these campaigns. When you, in the entertainment business, when you release a movie for the Christmas holiday, you start seeing the messages months and months before those coming this Christmas, coming soon. That marketing strategy is being sent out over a long period of time. It's not just let's throw up this campaign on Monday. By Tuesday, if we don't have a billion dollars, we're out of business. <laughs> you know, so that's why I like to work with the people who have a long term goal and a long term strategy. And a long-term budget. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I'll let you say that, Shirley. I'll let you say that. But hey. <laughs> yeah, well, and you do need it. You need it to be able to go the distance. And, and I totally agree with you what you're saying there about the the campaigns. I didn't know that it came from the art of war. But what I've observed, if you look at retail, they have the Christmas specials in um, you have your Thanksgiving um, specials uh, or promotions, I should say. Then um, in Australia, we have Australia Day in January and then we've all got Valentine's Day in February. And then in March, we have St. Patrick's and this year we've got Easter. And then, you know, there's Mother's Day, Father's Day, all of these different themes and campaigns that people would have set up as you say 12 months in advance and then they just rolling it out whereas I think I tend to agree as well in a lot of small businesses it's like oh god you know we need some money in the bank what can we do and uh, and then we race out with the campaign and I think sometimes it doesn't work that well because as you say I'm going to set it up today and I expect a million dollars tomorrow Absolutely. And I'm one of those people that I'm big on verbiage and semantics. And so I love to Google the dictionary definition of a word. So if you look at the noun for campaign, it says a series of military operations intended to achieve a particular objective, confined to a particular area or involving a specified type of fighting. So when you add the word marketing to that, a marketing campaign is a series of operations intend to obtain a certain result, which at their result is sales. So, mm -hmm. but the key word here is, is a series, a series. It's not the Kung Fu fighting. We just going to go in the jungle and start stabbing people. That's not a marketing campaign. This mm -hmm. is, that's more like guerrilla kind of marketing. You know, I do more of strategies and marketing campaigns that are rolled out over a certain, a certain period of time in order to achieve a certain objective. And that's the money. At the end of the day, we're going to get the money. 
Yes. Well, and if you don't let people know about you, then they can't come and buy from you. And of course, then the business doesn't work. And so then you don't get to share the gifts or the product or services that you have that can actually help people. And that took me a, a while to get my head around as well. You know, when people would go, oh, it's sales and that. And, that. and I had to learn that um, sales is service. You know, I, I remember, I can't remember yeah. who, but uh, it was one training program I was listening to. And uh, and I think the person was saying, you know, are you selling or are you serving? And if you mm-hmm. don't sell, you can't serve. And I thought, wow, that was a it was a really interesting way of looking at things. You know, just to, I don't know what it is that we get this thing in our head that sales is bad, sales is yucky, and you know maybe it comes from previous times when people would uh, persuade you and convince you to buy something that you didn't need. But really, when you look at it, I mean, we all have needs. When we were living in America, it, we were just so grateful because we had the internet, we had the TV, we had a place to stay, we went and we were able to get a bed to, to sleep on, some uh, cutlery and, and crockery to cook and eat with. You know, like they were all needs that we had. And if somebody wasn't making those and selling those you know what would we have done so you know we do have to have the marketing to bring people in to actually help them solve their problems with a lot of problems okay again when you're talking about entrepreneurs entrepreneurs often have a problem asking for the sale they have a problem asking for you know to buy my product you know, offering their friends, offering their family, offering their, their customers, their clients, they have a problem asking for the sale. Because for a certain extent, sometimes there there's a, a feeling of, you know, I shouldn't ask them. I shouldn't bother them. I shouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. get the money from them. You know, because people think, and what happens is, a lot of times, when, when I tell you, sidebar again, one of the first things I learned at Cheap Tickets before I started customer service and, and teaching their sales training is they taught me this expression, which was T-A-L, which means they all lie. And what happens is that customers who don't want to buy something, they always say, oh, well, I, I can't get it. You know, I don't have any money. You know, I just bought the kids Christmas clothes. Oh, well, I just you know, paid for the college tuition. So we, as business owners, we believe that person when that person says, I can't do it for this reason. And we feel bad because we're, we're literally saying to them, no, it's not important for you to go do this because I want you to buy my product. That's how we can often see it. But that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, and what I'm saying is that people, no matter what, will buy the things that they want to buy. They will find a way to get the money for the things that they want to have. What happens is, as a business or the business owner, we haven't created the demand. We haven't created the desire for our product. So the person is telling you whatever they have to tell you to get you to go away. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying be aggressive to people at all. When I was working for American Express, when I came on doing reservations for American Express, their office goal was $150,000 in sales per month. Their top agents were selling $350,000 per month. I was selling average half a million dollars per month. And it wasn't about being rude or being aggressive. I, I, I was fast. 
you know, I'll get to the point, I make the order, but I always ask for the sale. Do you want to make this reservation? Can we make this reservation for you? A lot of different ways, but I will always ask for the sale. And if they didn't want to buy it, if they weren't interested in it, then I would move on to, the, to another call because I wasn't afraid to go in and get the money. That's how I am in every aspect of my life, in every aspect of business right now. That's the way I operate. We either going to get the money in this situation, we're going to make the sale in this situation, but I'm not going to sit here and try to convince anyone of anything because the only people who have to convince someone of something are people who aren't too sure of their product or too sure of their, their service. If you know that your product is a good product, if you know that your service is the best service out there, and I'm, I'm not degrading anybody else's service, but if you're damn sure proud of your service, then it will sell itself. People will, will hear about it. You'll get referrals. And you say, you know what, even if you have a cleaning business, somebody will call and say, you know what, you just cleaned Shirley house. And Shirley was so impressed by the cleaning job that you, you did. She told me to call you and get my house clean today. And mm -hmm. that's, that's how good business works. You know, so I've, I've always focused on just asking for the sale, talking to people about my business, talking to people about service, and then all of a sudden what happens is the phone begins to ring. I love it. I love it. And that's a really good place for us to, to look at finishing up. I just want to make one point on that, is that I was talking with a, a chap the other day who runs a real estate academy, and he used to be a very successful real estate salesperson. And he was saying, when you are passionate about what you do and you're good at what you do, he said, you can't help but talk about it. And he said, and it's yeah. that passion and enthusiasm and excitement that actually has people interested to want to either purchase your service or your product. And, you know, I, I sort of came away from that conversation. I thought, yeah, wow, that's really interesting. And so if I look at some of my products and services over the years that haven't gone that well, and if I apply that test to it, I go, hmm. If I didn't believe in it, if I wasn't passionate about it, of course I'm not going to go out and go, hey, you know, let me tell you about this. And, um, and in fact, I found the other night that we went for a flotation in the magnesium sulfate. You know, you float in this water. And, uh, and I've been telling everybody. And I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? You know, when, when we are onto something, we do tell everybody. And so I think that's a, a really good place to finish up is that having a look at your own product and services and if you're not excited by them and you're not passionate about them then you know maybe it's time to look at doing something else and and that's really where we started wasn't it Sharif I'm just got a cough hang on a second <clears throat> excuse me absolutely um, and that's where we I mean, started just do what you love. yes do what you love and the money will follow if you do what you love the money will follow mm-hmm Okay. Well, it's been an absolutely amazing conversation today. Thank you so much, Sharifa, for joining us and answering our questions. It's been awesome. You are so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to just share the world according to Sharifa. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, that's all we have time for today. As always, I encourage you to implement what Sharifa has shared with you today so that you can continue to create your ideal business lifestyle.
Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next week for an inspirational and educational edition. Until then, be sure to implement what you've learned today to create your ideal business lifestyle. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here for the next show.